this was this 30 seconds of static for the beginning no, i'm not adding it either so <coughs> this is the intro wow their intros really have gotten shittier <laughs> man talk radio yes talk radio so boring man okay. five nothing Reed looking to add to it what a beautiful goal What sweet hands! They're up by six. I'm up all night. I sleep all day. I tried to keep it in because I was afraid of what I thought you would say. It comes out loud. For Friday, February 4th. <laughs> Coffee's hot. Uh, Up Hockey Podcast. Yeah. Not, not a great intro. Well. Not a great week. Okay. <laughs> Just turn it off. We'll see you next week. Let's try again on the 11th. We'll see you then. You don't want to be here. We don't want to be here. It's just two hours of static that follow these comments. So you might want to get out while you can. Coffee's hot. Yeah. Um, James Cole. Yeah. Oh, I'm Brute Spataglia of the High Button. High, high button. button Sports. High Button Sports? Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a while. I haven't asked. Uh, what's how, how is the High Button? How are you guys doing? Well, what's what's, new, what what's new with the High Button? Well, what a week to ask. Uh, our, our fearless leader, uh, also known as Coach Bombay, uh, uh, tested positive for COVID. Mm. So uh, the group chat's very much uh, wishing him well at this point. Uh, it's 50% that and 50% negative comments about the NHL. It's been good. Uh, good guys. Nice. We like those guys. So good. good guys. Good. Right on. You like to hear it. You like to yeah. hear it. Um, have you ever seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show? No, I actually haven't mm. seen it. Okay. Now, okay. Now, here's something I should note. As someone who has pretty good movie knowledge, I don't actually really know what it is. Other than people like dress up and and drag in various other costumes to go watch it, that's all I know about it. That's the extent of my knowledge as well. Okay. Yeah. I actually don't know what it is though. <clears throat> it could be that there is no movie and it's just like a party or something. I don't know. Could be a play that they made a movie out of. And I'm gonna look it up. Okay. 1975 film. All right. So it's a film, musical comedy. Okay. Uh, it's based on a play. Which is usually not a good thing. Ooh, I'm surprised I've never seen it. It stars Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Bostwick. Good cast. Uh, no, I've never seen it. You said 1975? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it took them like 47 years to come up with a sequel. The Rocky oh. Works Horror Picture Show 2. Oh, I see what you did there. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Chicago Blackhawks, back in the news. Yeah. Well, we got to reset the sign. Um, that was what, yeah. What? And you know what? Maybe just don't bother resetting it after this. Yeah. Maybe just keep the sign that they suck, and maybe we'll just you know, that'll be the thing. We we went like two months. It's pretty good for them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, two months without doing anything outwardly bad. It's <laughs> not like they really did anything great either. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, the extent of them. Like, like they did this whole thing where they said that, oh yeah, we've learned from our mistakes, but like, the most, 
forward thing that anyone in the organization did to prove that maybe they had learned from their mistakes was not even that. It was like Alex Dabrinkit just being like, yeah, these guys fucking suck. Mm. They need to go. It was one of their little players being like, I oh, know, yeah, we got it. The guy that wasn't even there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A guy that was like 12 when this all happened. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um... So Rocky Wirtz, you know, you know Rocky Wirtz, the uh, what was he? The, he's the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks. One of them, yeah. One of the owners, Chairman, um, I believe. Yeah, his, his son is uh, the CEO. Seems like a son seems like a pretty cool dude, you know. Uh, mm. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, cooler well, than his dad, that's for sure. Well, I'll I'll tell you something, James. That's what they said about uh, Rocky Wirtz uh, thirteen years ago. So. <laughs> But it's tough when you yeah. compare Wurtzes because they only get worse as you go along. Yeah. Am I right? Hey, yeah. folks. It's it's almost like maybe we just need to rid this bloodline of the NHL, to be honest. Uh, but sure, yeah, all right. So, like, you saw it. Yeah. I saw it. I... I'm going to assume most of the listeners saw it. We'll, we'll kind of break it down sure, in a second yeah, yeah. here. But, like, your just immediate reaction... It is not often on the internet these days where <laughs> where you see something bad and everyone who was talking about the bad thing before you actually watched, like, the bad video uh, didn't sell it enough. You know what I mean? Like, everything I read, it was just like, oh, yeah, you gotta hear this. This is, this is fucked. And then you listen to it, and that may be one of the most appalling, like, two minutes of video that I've seen in the history of like professional sports it was up there uh, that that was it's unbelievable um yeah like it was just it was for me it was the tone more than the actual words it was the fact that he had this condescending tone to mark lazarus kind of just being like well who who the fuck are you to mark lazarus mark lazarus of all people that was that was something for me for sure. Um, when it first started creeping up on the on the timeline, I didn't I didn't have time to stop and look at it, but I, I kind of like read the tweet and you see the video and just the angle of of I guess where the reporter was with the way the camera was set up. It looked like it was just like in a in a bar, and I thought, ah, oh, you know, like somebody cornered the sure. dude in a bar yep. on his private time, yeah, and got in his face about it, and I'm like, ah. Eh, yeah, you know, don't say that, but I kind of get it. And then it's, oh no, this was an official town hall town press hall conference. A town hall event that they planned. <laughs> they planned. <laughs> this was a team event. Big logo it's, in the background. It's, it's not like they fucking trotted Rocky out of the limousine. Like he's, uh... uh out of the oh, horror house. Damn, I'm trying to remember what the hell, uh, Logan Roy from Succession. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, Dad, you're doing this big interview we didn't tell you about, and it's gonna suck, but you're, we're trotting you out there. That's not what happened. He knew about this. Well in advance. And they supposedly, until today, anyway, had a public relations department <laughs> that would have ideally prepped some some phrases, you know. Well and that's just that's just it, right? Like if 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 you had let's let's just say you broke your leg. Okay. Alright. And then a couple months later we haven't seen you, and you come out, and, and someone asks you, hey man, how's, how's your leg? <laughs> and you begin to berate and 
ridicule them yeah. for asking you about the leg. Well, but even to add to your analogy, it's not as if I broke my leg. This would be as if I broke my leg robbing an orphanage. <laughs> and someone asked you, hey, why did you, uh, how's your leg and... Is your leg, like, are you going to use your How leg? How did you break your leg? Like, now that your leg's better, are you going to rob more orphanages? <laughs> and I was like, how dare you ask me that? You know, that's in the past. How dare you? <laughs> I hate to laugh during this, well, but you have to. But, but like, you have th to. this is, like, unbelievably stupid. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, it's like, it is, it is... I, I gotta tell you, I haven't been so mad watching something in a long time as I was watching. I was seething last night watching this fucking video. Mm -hmm. um, Videos. A couple of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 unbelievable to... Uh, like, I don't know, I almost don't even know what angle to start with for me. Like, it's, it's the fact that he was there, the fact that... Um, he had he seemingly hadn't been prepped or didn't care about how he had been prepped or got so emotional about something that they've been dealing with for well 11 years actually um that he still hasn't seemed to gotten over uh the fact that his organization made mistakes or and that he was a part of it like well however you want to look at it it is unbelievable that he couldn't find something 45 seconds just make it sound okay just make it sound like you're doing something yeah and if you don't have anything let one of your fucking kids talk they're there for a reason let them say something i don't know i assume those were the three children i don't know if any of them were actually employees of the blackhawks uh, other than that but like i didn't know who the other people were i didn't care gary bettman gets gets by by just saying cost certainty about 12 times yeah. and we just oh okay i guess that's the answer yeah. You can come up with a generic I understand Gary shitty Bettman's response. A, Gary Bettman's a lawyer. But Gary Bettman hasn't been a lawyer for 30 years either. Uh, and he still knows how to talk his way out of things. Yeah. Somehow. Um, I don't know. That, that, it was just... Uh, it was unbelievable. I, like, I genuinely... I genuinely am shocked that... Uh, even though I expected the worst, I can't believe the stupidity. It's not so much the, am I shocked that Rocky Word's a terrible person. Like, I've always assumed he was. I don't really care If your name's it. Rocky, it's just, it's not a good start. <sighs> really? Balboa? He's probably not a good dude. Hmm. Good fighter. Probably not He's a good dude. a good, good dude. fighter. He's a good fighter. I don't know if he says enough in those movies for you to really learn much about his character. He's all beat up in the head, you know. That's right. <laughs> He's got some problems. Who's the, who do you think says more? Rocky or Rambo? Rocky. Yeah? Yeah. I guess he does talk a decent amount. I don't know if Rambo has a speaking line in that first film. Rambo? <laughs> Rambo, I don't think, says more than ten words at a time. And maybe only has fifteen lines until the final twenty minutes of that movie. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like, if you think about it, I watched it a couple weeks ago. Does he have any any multiple sentence lines in the first 80 minutes of that movie? Does he have one in the series? Well, I mean, he has the big speech at the end, obviously, of the first movie. Mm. Uh, I gotta tell you, I, that's the only one I've seen multiple times, mm. is First Blood. 
Um, for those of you that may not have seen it... First uh, Blood, of course. Uh, <laughs> right. 1982, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, a young David Caruso. Exactly. you got to check it out. Um, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic, um, present at this town hall meeting with the Blackhawks, gets up and uh, asks a very reasonable question about how are the Blackhawks... Uh, working to be a better organization. What have they done? What will you continue to do? Um, I I think as as far as questions that you could have anticipated mm-hmm. about the Cow Beach scenario, this is probably about as mild as as you you can probably hope for. It was a it was a softball question. Yeah, honest to God. As much as I want to give Laz credit. It was a softball question. Yeah. And um, that was immediately shot down by Rocky Wirtz, um, going off about how it's a it's an internal matter. The report speaks for itself. The report being that that came out um, uh, back, was it in the summer? I guess it's been the, it's about six months now, I guess. Eh? Which report? Uh, the one about the Cal Beach. Uh, uh, it, was, it was like a, over a year ago, but I mean... Oh, that long, eh? Well, it's it's been... Nothing public until okay. I think the summer. Details not really super public, yeah. So so Rocky waves it off and says, you know, it's the it speaks for itself. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about twenty ten. We're looking to the future. And there's there's something to be said about we want to look at the future. Sure, I kind of thought he was going somewhere with it, albeit not worded well. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe that the second part of that sentence was going to be uh, productive. Right. So, you know, Lazarus tries to change his question up a little bit and, and throw it back at him, and, and, and he just loses it at this point. Um, and, and he goes off and specifically says the line, we're not going to talk about Kyle Beach, which I mm-hmm. think for a lot of people was yeah. the nail in the coffin. Yeah. And the, the guy was like, the, that was the first nail. <laughs> that wasn't the last nail. Like, that's how quickly this got out of control for Rocky Wirtz. Um, Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune gets up a while later and tries to pose a similar question, same kind of response. Now Wurtz is getting even more agitated. You know, you're going to ask the same question all night, I'll give you the same answer all night, you know, we're going to do this, yada, yada, yada. And Phil Thompson very professionally switches it up. Let's talk about attendance then. You know, your fans aren't coming out to the games anymore. Yep. Let's talk about attendance. You want to talk about that? We'll talk about attendance. Oh, you're in our attendance department now. You yeah. know, you're selling... T- and it's just like... Klein. Leave Grandpa at home next time. He's Klein. And He's getting buried alive by, by things that he doesn't need to be. You know what I mean? Like, like this was very easily something that maybe wouldn't have uh, helped any sort of positive image for the Blackhawks. But if they got out of that meeting just neutral... <laughs> Basically, where they went in that night—that's a good, that's a good night for them. Yeah. And uh, somehow he's getting asked very routine, very uh, to be expected, like somewhat softball questions, quite honestly. And he couldn't come up with anything other than to essentially spit in the face of the people asking it, mm-hmm. uh, and the fans, and everyone who cares even 1% about anything that's going on with this team and Kyle Beach and anything else. Um, it was, like you said, it was it was 
shocking in the moment to, to, to hear the, the actual words we're not going to talk about Kyle Beach come out of his mouth. I, I still can't get that out of my head. That is, it is among, not just sports, like brands, among the most disastrous uh, PR situations I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, like, you know, mm-hmm. fast food restaurants, anything. That, that was one of the most, like, I don't think that... I, I'm going to be shocked to see how this team makes its way back from this. Mm-hmm. Because I genuinely think that there are a lot of Blackhawks fans that just don't... That just genuinely don't give a shit about this team right now. Yeah. It's hard to. I mean, like Wally, the kid that we work with at, uh, at Puck 77, he's the one who put this these videos out like he's the one who who screen recorded and put it out 10,000 fucking retweets and everything and even he said today he's like i don't i haven't watched the game in in months and i don't fucking see how i'm going to he writes about this kid blogs about the team constantly he's like i'm gonna pick a new fucking team Mm -hmm. yeah fair enough man like i don't know how the fuck you how are they gonna make it back from this yeah you know yeah because this is this, it, the only thing I can think of in pro sports really to equate it to is it reminds me of Donald Sterling with the Clippers. But this is like outwardly... That was one guy, this is, right? You can this kinda... is outwardly worse in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Just because... Absolutely, it's it's all out in the open. It's it's the entire the organization. Donald Sterling thing. It was never good, but it's like, well, yeah, but it's an eighty-five year old guy. Let's just get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Someone else will buy the team. It, it was. It, just, it didn't affect what happened with the Clippers. It yes. just the owner was a piece of shit. Whereas this is something that happened on the ice, essentially. Uh, it's systemic throughout the entire exactly. organization, and and it's just it's it's rooted. Yeah, it, it's rooted in plaque. Like, it, it's... Yeah. Uh, Danny Wirtz, to his credit, tries to jump in and, and kind of save some face there, and, and, and Papa shuts that down pretty mm-hmm. quick. And, and even that, I, I understand, you know, you're the owner, and to some degree, like, you have final say here. The buck stops with you. But you clearly don't understand the magnitude of what you've just said and how bad you fucked up mm-hmm. and and this this person your son or employee or however you want to spin it is trying to save some face and and, and you go off on him at the same time yeah i i just don't get it 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 was like as if like you said it it was like as if a fan had come up to rocky Wirtz in a fucking dark dive bar in somewhere in a shithole in Chicago and asked him about it face to face and they were the only two people having the fucking conversation and that 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 is how maybe you would respond after five scotches in front of no one else right but he genuinely almost didn't even seem to know where he was when he was making this response in a way and I'm not suggesting like mental incompetency I just genuinely feel like he ha- he can't even understand how dense he is. Mm-hmm. And that is the scary thing. Because mm-hmm. they're never going to be able to change if this is the boss. You know, we, we talk about how 
the Sens are never going to have a good team because Mel Eugene Melnick's never going to want to pay them. Like, that comes down from the owner. And we talk about how the Oilers are never really going to be taken seriously because Daryl Cates keeps hiring old Oilers. That comes down from the owner. How bad is this team... Like, like how systemic is this shit if this is what's going on? If this guy can't even get through a basic interview with other people. It's not like he's... Like, he could have let his son talk. And he chose to say every word there. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... I don't see any choice here. They, they have to find a way to remove this ownership group from the league. I'll put him on the raft. Just let him... Well, that's my choice. Drift away. Yeah. Yeah. Niagara Falls. Mm. Well, well okay. For me. Well, <laughs> quite honestly, I'm not going to mince words on that, but... People know. have survived that fall. I'm just, just going to say. If they had a fantasy camp of, like, terrible people and you could pay, like, four grand and go and just punch a terrible person in the face, I'd pay four grand to hit him in the face, for sure. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then you get a nice picnic on a picnic with all the other yeah, it's like punchers. Beef, it's like a beef on a bun. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. a pro ball player right. sort of fantasy camp. You get to go hang out with fucking Barry Bonds and hit home runs. He shows right. you how to swing. I would do that. Why not? You get to punch. Wait, now is Barry Bonds, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Ooh. Well, he's the baseball fantasy camp. He's not in the punching I see. fantasy camp. Gotcha. Wayne Gretzky. Uh, had some comments on this uh, on TNT during the late game. It's got to be pretty bad <laughs> to get old Wayne fired up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming on and, and on live television commenting about how, uh, for himself, uh, being a parent, if I've got an 18-year-old kid about to be drafted, there's a 1-in-32 shot that could get drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks. And as a parent, you know, you want to protect your child. You want your child to do well in life. And how do you have those assurances that should they end up in the Chicago Blackhawks, that they're going to be treated fairly, right? This isn't even about coming into an, a, a toxic organization and just having to associate yourself with the organization. It's the idea that are you going to be the next Kyle Beach? Yeah. You know, um, that's terrifying in itself. And something that I don't think um, I myself have, have given any, any thought to. Uh, I'm not a parent, you know. I, I don't, I don't have that sense of responsibility over another person, or I'm that worried about them. And I've, I've never actually thought about these draft picks coming into this organization for the first time. Um, it's, it was powerful hearing it come from Wayne. Yeah, I'll be curious to see, you know, like if if anything has ever said about this. If you, if you can have like an Eric Lindros situation down the road where. Some guys are just going to, you know, I'm not going to play for this team. You know, I'm not. Why would you? Yeah. You know? Gary Bettman in the NHL yet to respond. Um, the $2 million fine doesn't seem to have done much. No. But I guess another $2 million shouldn't hurt. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that's the answer. Hit hit old Rocky in his pocketbook, so yeah. to speak, you know? Well, I mean. That's the answer, right? Yeah, well, I mean, if there was $2 million fine for the first thing. What, what the hell are they going to get for this? $10,000? Well, if you hit a guy in the head... Which is less than what Sheldon Keefe gets fined when he says the refs are fucking stupid or something? You get one game. Awesome. If you hit a guy in the head again, you get three games. So, yeah, the, the, just, you know, the fine should compound. You'd, you'd 
think in this in the sport anyway. Yeah. How does NHL uh, approach this? The fact that they haven't yet speaks volumes, but what well, what are you anticipating when they finally get around to it? What am I anticipating, or what do I? What are you anticipating? Well, I I I, I can't foresee a situation where by by a month from now that this family should be involved with the organization whatsoever. I don't, and I don't see how you can't sell me on that at this point. Like, like I understand we got to a point with this organization where it was kind of like, okay, there's a little part of us where it was like, Hey, let's, I don't know. Let's see what you want to do moving forward. And nothing, uh, is what they've done more or less. And, uh, you know, that, that's whatever, right? So, that initial situation, I think, it's, I don't know what the hell they would have really, really done in two months. I'm not saying that they should have done or shouldn't have done something. But more so what I'm getting at is here. I don't care what they fucking do or say at this point. I think that they're absolutely reprehensible people. And I was one of the people who was on the Rocky Wirtz is an idiot fucking thing from the start. And now that he's opening his mouth, I, I, I don't see any way that the NHL can keep these people around. And uh, like I said, like we've had this conversation on the podcast where it's like, I don't know how the legal part of this works. Anytime we talk about this shit, it's like, I don't know how this works, you know, legally. If they can do this, if they can do that. I really don't give a fuck this time. Find a fucking way and get them out of there. Shut the league down then, if you have to. Start a new fucking league. I don't care. I'm serious. Happened once before. I, I, I honestly don't care anymore. I don't fucking care. We have reached the point now where... Like, th this was one of those situations where it's the worst fucking thing imaginable. But maybe we can turn it around... Do something to affect some positive change here. I don't see how that's happening. I at least in this organization with the people that are owning it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It might work out perfect if Arizona can't find a place to play next year. If they can't be in the league. Maybe just don't let the Blackhawks play either. We'll have 30 teams next year. Well, you got the you got the building in Chicago. You might as well just put the Coyotes <laughs> in it. <laughs> don't let the uh, building go to uh, waste. Ah, the Chicago Coyotes. Yeah, it's a nice ring to it. And they don't they have, have a roster. Hawks. They don't have a roster. So just take the owners, basically, and take the Blackhawks roster, and then just do that. Amalgamate, like they did with the Sharks and the Minnesota North Stars back mm -hmm. in the early 90s. Um, no, I, I, like, I, I don't know. I What do I anticipate? I I don't know. But um, the, the sad part is that I don't have a lot of faith that the NHL is going right, to do the right thing now. You know? I, I had a little bit of you? I had a little bit of faith a couple months ago that maybe something will happen here. Whether it's you know remove the Wurtzes was one of the things I wanted a couple months ago. Uh, maybe it's remove Gary Bettman. You know that that was my thought a few months ago. Now I don't even know what to say. I I don't I don't care anymore. Like it, it's it's one of those things where you fucked up beyond belief. Maybe maybe. There's a way to come out of this with things moving forward positively. And it didn't. You, you had your second chance. You fucking blew it. As far as I'm concerned. It, it, it's the league. It's it's 
uh, Rocky Words. It's it's you know they haven't learned. They're not going to. I got some good news for you though. What? Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are uh, reportedly uh, interviewing Peter Shirelli tomorrow. I don't know if you're joking or not. Dead serious. Oh, okay. It's probably better than uh, half the guys that came before him anyway. So. And it, like yeah. this, this is the fucked up thing too. Is like with, <laughs> with, with them still owning the team. Like even if you're someone who is trying to find a way to make it in the NHL as a as anything, as an equipment manager, as anything, anyone who willingly shows up to work for the Chicago Blackhawks at this point, at least as a new employee, go fuck yourself, too. Like, anyone who applied for that PR job, anyone, go go fuck yourself. Because it's it, same with Shirelli. If he's going to go and meet with these people, fuck him. It's got nothing to do with him being a bad GM. If he wants to be a bad dude, too, I, I don't care. Uh, speaking of GMs, Pat Verbeek in, uh, in Anaheim. The little ball of hired. Um... I've had enough of the Blackhawks. It's just no, just, that's just moving on. that's fine. Yeah, just moving on. yeah. Uh, this is weird because I, I don't I don't remember. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I I, I I checked into it. I don't remember Pat Verbeek playing for the Ducks. <laughs> uh, no. Is this legal? Are they allowed to do this? Uh, I'm, I'm told you're only allowed to hire former players. Yeah. In this role. Well. I mean, eventually, he'll be the GM of the Dallas Stars, but, you know. Right. That's how that seems to go. Baby steps. Yeah. Uh, Pat Verbeek, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a guy I didn't even realize was in, like, managing. Like, has he been elsewhere prior to this? He kind of came out of nowhere, as far as I know. Um, no, uh, you're, you're actually mistaken, James. Pat Verbeek has been the right-hand man to uh, Steve Eisenman for a while. Um, oh, he was... did play for Detroit. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, no, he. I don't think he was, like, like I think when they were in Tampa, it more or less went Eiserman, Brisebois, Verbeek, but he was there as well. I think he started as a scout or something, and he just kind of, he ended up being the I think the AGM in in Tampa toward the end. But he uh, he definitely is. There was the assistant GM in Detroit, I believe, right up until his hire. So, hmm. yeah. Well, um, if he's been learning under Steve Eisman and uh, Brisebois, I'm going to assume he should be good to start. He's got a good, you know. Yeah. Beginning. Yeah. Yeah, those are two very good guys to learn from because, like the whole thing, like the whole the whole debate of you know is was Breezeball pulling the strings in Tampa or was it a really Iserman? Well, if you're looking at the Red Wings, he's doing a pretty good job, I think, there so far. So uh, either way, he's a good GM too. So they're yeah. both pretty good. Yeah, as long as Patrick knows how to take notes, uh, I, I think it's going to be just fine in Anaheim. Um, yeah, curious to see how how he takes them and. And, you know, really, I think the first step is, is whether or not Dallas Eakins is back uh, next season. No. Um, they're having a good year, but, you know, new GM usually likes to get their own guy in the room, right? So, uh, yeah. We'll have to see. They're, they're a young, promising team. Like, they got a lot of pieces. I don't know if they've got... Uh, I don't know if they're, like... 
It's weird, because they're doing better than the Red Wings, but I almost don't know if the rebuild's as far along either. Like, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, Getzlaff's having a good year. But, get, get, like, Getzlaff's not going to be this Getzlaff forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he had, hadn't been this Getzlaff for, like, the last three years. Right. And so, you know, once he starts to decline again, you know, Troy Terry's now going to need another center. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I don't know. They, they're they still a couple pieces away, but they have very good foundation. Like, you know, I think Drysdale's going to be very good. You know, Zegris looks like he's going to be, like, a top 10 player in the league probably at some point here. Troy Terry looks legit. So, yeah. Should be good. Uh, it's the All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had games for a couple nights now. It uh, It's been kind of a dry week as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh Thanks to uh, Rocky Wirtz once again for filling the first uh, half of our show. Otherwise, uh, we'd probably be talking about um, what? Good. Well, well, what are we be talking about right now? You watched anything lately? Uh, anything yeah, we didn't do our uh, top of the show euphoria update. Eh? I'm not caught up. No, you're not. Eh? No. I w- okay. I'll say this without giving anything away. We need we need to give Sydney Sweeney an Emmy. At some point here. Because she's been unbelievable. That chick, she can act, man. You know? Mm. You know which one Sydney Sweeney is? I'm aware. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you were looking at me very, like, blank. Well, I was trying to, I was trying That's to, Cassie Howard. Uh, I'm trying to know. just, like, I just don't want you to have blinders on. You know? It's, no, it's not that. It isn't that. Alright. No, she's good. I've always liked her, though. She's, like, she's very good in the White Lotus, too. I don't know if you saw that. Never did. That was, yeah, it's good. It's worth a watch. Um... She's a good actress, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Eric Dane's been good. I mean, his character, not so much. But mm. he's been good, for sure. Maud Apatow. Big uh, big fan. Big fan. Yeah. She's awesome, yeah. I love everyone in that show, honestly. It's filled with a lot of great actors. You know? Angus Cloud. Fezco. It's my guy. True. Like Anybody him. named Angus, I got a lot of time for. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was live-tweeting during the episode last week. It's pretty right. funny. Hmm. Yeah, it was good. All-Star break. So, uh, the okay. players are off to Vegas. Are you going to watch the All-Star game? Why would I watch the All-Star game? <laughs> Speaking of things we watched. Yeah. Um, have you watched anything? Like, what, what? I know you've been busy, but what have you been watching? If you haven't been watching Euphoria, no, that's, that's, um, that's 58 minutes a week. Yeah, well, the problem with Euphoria was that my girlfriend got into it, and it was like, all right, now my we're going to get you come. caught up, and then we got her caught up, and we just haven't watched the new stuff together. So, Have you not seen any of season two yet? I've seen the first two the first episodes. Couple, yeah, yeah. yeah. The last two weeks I've missed. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I watched uh, The Last Full Measure the other night. No idea. No idea. Uh, Christopher Plummer's final film. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could get into that. Yeah. It. Um, Sebastian Stan. Uh, he plays a. Yeah. He plays a lawyer. And... I know I like him, but I can't picture him. Okay. He's one of those. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Just generic white guy. White, handsome Hollywood guy. Like, I think there's him. I don't even know if these people look the same. But there's him. There's Ansel Elgort. There's Tom Holland. Like, those are three guys. I know their names. I cannot picture them for the life of me. I don't know what any of the three of them look like. Okay. I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway. I understand uh, Tom Holland's dating Zendaya. I still sure can't is. figure out what he looks like. Um... Yeah, uh, it's, it's a true story about um, um, Samuel Jackson's in it as well. 
Uh, true story about oh, a, a, a Vietnam War guy that died during a battle, and um, they want to get him the Medal of Honor. And Christopher Plummer plays the the guy's uh, father, the guy who died, and uh, is dying with cancer. So it's kind of this hot button. We want to get this figured out before the dad dies. And it's really cool because the lawyer goes from like vet to vet to get an interpretation of what happened. What did your like? What did this guy do to deserve them? And you just get these flashbacks that take place from the perspective of each of the different guys. And they don't always match up because you know these these are these are guys that have been through a very traumatic experience and it's been thirty years and it's a very interesting story that they've pieced together um, and it's it's real life and, and uh, the whole thing happened and it was uh, it was very neat. I is it say. good because it's Christopher Plummer or is it good good? It it is a it I I found it a very compelling narrative. Like I said, from with just having this, these different perspectives, you don't really know who to believe. Let's look it up here. Um, I found that that was a really effective strategy. To Ed tell Harris that story. Yeah, William Hurt. There you go. Ed Harris, William Hurt, the same actor, I believe. But uh, Sebastian Stan. He looks familiar. <laughs> what have I seen him in though? You know. Have you seen Captain America? Oh, he's Jeff Galuli and I, Tanya. Or that. Yeah. Oh, Captain America? No, I have not uh, have not had the pleasure. Um, oh, and you know what? I do know his name uh, most recently because he's in that Pam and Tommy miniseries. That's true. Uh, he is Tommy Lee. I think that's maybe how I learned of him. Uh, oh, he's in Black Panther, apparently. Okay, I've seen that. Uh, Destroyer sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, that Nicole Kidman movie. That was terrible. Anyway, um, yeah. Good movie. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Where are we talking about the All-Star break? All-Star game. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> um. Felt the need to clarify that. Yeah. I don't want anyone getting the wrong ideas. You know, I'm, I am not spending my Saturday don't watching that. Can we fix this thing? Like... We went over the nominations, like the guys that made the team. There's a whole problem with, you know, that aspect of it, about how every team gets a representative and how that's dumb. Is there a way to genuinely save this thing? Or is it just something we have to live with as it's just kind of there mm -hmm. and you're not going to enjoy it? And they're going to keep doing it, but you're just not. I think it's just kind of there. Enjoy it. Yeah. And they're not going to enjoy it. Because here's the thing it still makes the money. Like, there, there is an audience for it, which at the end of the day is really all they care about. But secondly, you're always going to find players that want to go. Because at the end of the day, it's still 40 of them just going to somewhere cool and drinking for a weekend. Doesn't sound terrible. Mm. I personally. In Vegas, no less. Don't think I would go. Yeah. You know. I've said this many times before. If I were like a Sidney Crosby level superstar, okay, let's just say, because uh, this is the closest I get to living the experience, it's literally just this sentence. Um, I would go to one when I was like 22, and maybe another one when I was like 26 to 29, if it was somewhere cool. And I would never. I wouldn't go to any other ones. You wouldn't want to be like the 39-year-old 
I don't think so, no. Okay. No. The more I age, the less I think I would want to go, and I'm only 29. So I can't imagine how, like, terrible that would be for, like, Ryan Getzlaff or something. I'd rather just fucking stay at home with the family, I feel like. Okay. You know? Yeah. Especially when you have, like, for those guys that have a family, you know? It's hard for me to say because I don't want kids, so maybe I'd be more like the Yager type where it's like, ah, I'm 44, I'm just going to go to the All-Star game, you know? Like, it's, it's for me, like, I, I, can, I, don't know. I can see guys, like, in Doesn't their mid-30s that have gone every year that just don't want to go anymore. Yeah. But you haven't been for a decade. No, I, I get that. I don't know. Like I, like, I put it this way. Like, you get the five days off, and would you rather go to the All-Star game to hang out with maybe one other guy from your team and maybe like four or five other guys that you know and then a bunch of guys that you kind of don't really know all that well uh or would you rather go to like fucking belize with six of your best buddy teammates that's how we fix it yeah. we put the all-star game in belize in belize <laughs> and then that way we fixed it and instead of it being an all-star break like all the guys from every team go because they're just going on vacation and it just becomes this like massive it's it's the Belize resort Cup. sort of. It's a experience. little tournament in the middle of the season. That's what they should do. They should yeah. have it on like a resort in Jamaica. And just mm-hmm. close the whole thing down, except for the All Star Game. Yeah, you know, freeze one of the pools. I don't know how you're going to do that in Jamaica, but mm-hmm. they'll figure it out. They put ice in Lake Tahoe, briefly. <laughs> That's what you do. You um, here's how you fix the All Star Game. You you take um the defending Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. You take the current. Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> the current first place the Western Conference Stanley team. The current first place Eastern Conference team. Okay. And a host city representative. You throw them all in the same city for two days, four team tournament, and that's the all star. That's the best of the best right there. Minus the host city, who just gets to be the host city. Wouldn't it just end up being taxi squads against each other, though? Maybe. Find an incentive, find a reason. Give I think them, I think your here, idea here, is more broken than here, the No, no here's what you do. Here, here's the incentive. If you win this little mini tournament in the middle of the season, sure. you get an extra 10 mil of cap space. Let's go. But shouldn't all 30 teams have a little crack at that then? 32, oh, I guess. The best, right? be the best. Come on. <laughs> I like how I've already shifted that there's only 30 teams. I've already deleted Arizona and Chicago from my memory. Tell me, tell me you wouldn't have Vegas out there fucking blocking shots... Play into the tits just so they can get that Jack Eichel contract slipped back under the cap uh, in two weeks. All right, Vegas would probably be going balls to the wall. I understand that. that. I, I'm telling you, it might work. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's something to be said for if the GM just goes down and is like, hey, we're playing in this tournament <laughs> because if we don't win, one of you's getting traded. I don't know who. Who's to say? But uh, one of you's getting traded. It's out of my hands. I have no say. It's, it's just you. luck of the draw. I'm sorry. There's no way for me to say for sure if it's Riley Smith, but it's probably Riley Smith. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Let's just win the tournament. Coach, uh, they've already taken my name off the stall. I, I'm dead enough. We're, yeah. No one's saying it's you. <laughs> Anyone seen Martinez? Yeah. He's Tell around. Me. That's how you fix it. You get the best of the best teams. Never mind this this player bullshit. And uh, you can still deal your skills comp, I guess, if you want to do that. But yeah. put put something significant on the line. And what is a better, higher currency for NHL teams to fight over than cap space? I'm telling you, it's there. There's something there. We can work it. 
No, I understand that your idea is loosely based off of the community episode where they have a paintball tournament for priority <laughs> registration. That was the inspiration, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not. There's no priority registration. <laughs> it's not uh, the worst idea you've ever had. Thank you. Thank. <laughs> You're literally too stupid to insult. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Another option. Uh, the TSN insiders reporting that. <laughs> Uh, stay like, with me. Just bouncing ideas <laughs> off me. <laughs> what if the All Star? We have a pizza place so you can make your own pie. Yeah, uh, the insiders reporting that the World Cup of Hockey could replace the All Star Game February twenty twenty four. All right, that is the one situation where I am pro best on best because I am sick of this All Star Game. I would rather a best on best tournament in the middle of the season. Than a fucking all-star game, quite honestly. So think about it this way. You've got your... Someone will get hurt, and I'll be annoyed when they do. Yeah. But regardless. you got your World Cup in 2024. You know they're going to try to go back to the Olympics in 2030. Okay? That's not a real year. Yeah. Or, sorry, 2024, 2028 would be the Olympics sure. that they go back to. Um, and... 2026. Where are we now? 2022? Four years from now. Yeah, 2026. Yeah. Okay. So 2024, In you got the, the World year Cup. 2024, you got the World Cup. 2026, you got the Olympic Games. Okay. Right? That's your February for both both those years. And then the years in between, you have the great uh, salary cap cup. And boom, Bob's your uncle. Only one team is getting that salary cap bump every every second year. There you go. It's it's a hot ticket item. Maybe it, it should be more than four teams. It got a little better, your idea, but I still don't love it. You sleep on it. Um, with the All-Star Game uh, also comes the halfway point of the season. we got mid-season awards coming next week. Yep. We're going to dive all into that. Yeah, well, it works out perfect because there's only like five NHL games between now and our, and what we hope will be our next episode. Exactly. So, like, you know, we'll just do it next week. So instead, we're gonna we're gonna dive through the state of uh, all thirty-two teams real quick. Spend a minute on each, and uh... the state of all thirty. All right, California, <laughs> California again, California again, California. Originally established in eighteen twenty-two. Yeah, um, that's what I want to do is spend fucking five minutes talking about the state of New York. Right. Uh, and we're just going to talk about, uh, you know, where they are and uh, whether, you know, they're on the up, if they're on the down, if they're surprising us, if they're not surprising us, if there's something that we can offer them to help their problems, like Connection, an extra $10 million in coffee, uh, you know, salad, anything. Make sense? Yeah, sure. All, All right. right. See what happens. Uh, we're going to do uh, Eastern Conference first. Uh, because we've got an Eastern Conference bias. New Jersey Devils, 8th place, 45 games, 35 points. Three points behind the next team ahead of them. A little underwhelming for the Devils? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Sell, sell all their spare parts. Because, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not looking very good. I mean, see, here's the thing, too, is with a team like that, I was hoping the Devils would be more fun to watch. 
And I watch the Devils, like, fairly regularly, and I don't make it through the game usually, because they are just, they don't even, I don't know, I'm just, I feel like I'm just sitting there kind of waiting for a lot of the young guys to do something, and they have flashes of brilliance, but they just, they can't string it all together. And then, like, I watch both those games against the Leafs, and, like, they got their absolute brains fucking bashed in for two games straight. Like, they got, they got, they had a lot of guys that are NHL players that got made look like they should be in the American Hockey League. I don't know if the phone's ringing for Damon Severson anymore. He's going to need to play his way out of that one for sure. Uh, yeah, I think my favorite take I saw out of that, too, was someone tweeted, yeah, I saw that Netflix documentary about point shaving, and then I watched Damon Severson, and you can't tell me it's not the same thing, mm. you know. Uh, going into the All-Star game on a six-game losing streak, the last two of those, uh, as you mentioned, against the Leafs. Um, 11 of 12, I believe, too. Ugh, yeah, not great. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I you know what I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna lie I thought they were in last in the in the division. Uh, good for them. Well, yeah, it says something too where you can lose 13 games straight and you're still not fucking last in the uh, division. True. That's pretty wild. Um, they have a winning streak now at least. That's that's yeah, good. Good for them. Flyers go. Yeah. Claude Giroux still don't think he moves at the deadline. Nope, I don't. Okay. Columbus Blue Jackets up next. Uh, twenty twenty two and one. Just the one overtime loss for the Jackets. Um, uh, suffice to say they've impressed from what I expected this season they're stuck in the mushy middle here they're, they're never going to catch the teams um, that are in the playoff spots ahead of them they're never going to get as bad as the Devils or the Flyers I would assume but um, a weird year for the Jackets it, it's hard to know where to go from here after the exodus that they had a few years ago with Panarin and Bobrovsky. Uh, they've moved on from Seth Jones. Um, there doesn't really seem to be a plan here. Correct me if I'm no. wrong. You know, they've gotten rid of, you know, Dubois, who was supposed to be the cornerstone for a while there. Patrick Liney might not be back. Um, there's nothing to be excited about. Yeah, like you said it perfectly. They're stuck in the mushy middle. Like, they're doing the thing right now um, that, like, Montreal and Toronto uh, uh are doing and did do for uh, many years, respectively. Um, but, you know, this is maybe year two or three of the Blue Jackets kind of being in the mushy middle. So, um, you know, you would hope that this summer they sort of figure out what it is they're doing and what it is they should do is uh, rebuild. Because, um, you know, I mean, like, yeah, sure, they have decent young pieces, but, like, the young pieces you're thinking of are uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's... 26 and uh, Patrick Lyonet who uh, doesn't want to be there I don't think and, yeah. you know like it, it's just one of those things like I don't they don't have a 20 year old stud it, it's time to throw in the towel yeah. and move a lot of these pieces unfortunately uh, so you look at the Devils uh, as we talked about them you know you, you've got Jack Hughes you've Jack got Hughes, yeah. here, here sure you know you've got those high picks that you can build around the Jackets they need they need that they, yeah. they need to start losing as they can get into that top five draft pick position and their top prospect is that kid they drafted last year that no one had heard of. Right. Uh, and I don't know his name. He's, so. It's going well, I'm sure. Probably. I yeah. have no idea. Uh, the New York Islanders, uh, almost back to 500. Good for them. Uh, it was looking real bleak there for a while. Um, really? <laughs> uh, they have played the fewest games 
in the division thus far, uh, just 39. Um, so they have some they have some time. That's that's one thing that they have on the, on their side, I suppose. But uh, the hole that they have to dig out of, I don't think they're gonna get it done in time. Yeah, yeah. They're they're a rare bad team where like I'm not gonna sit here and be like sell 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 necessarily. Yeah. Because, like, I, I don't know. The, the problem with the Islanders is, do I think that their window to be competitive is closed? No. Um, but if they trade away a few key pieces for some draft picks right now, oh, fuck yeah, that win. Like, this is, again, to use the analogy several weeks in a row, it's like the Simpsons bit where they're trying to jam all the uh, diseases through the door through the door on Mr. Burns, and they all just won't go through at the same time, so it blocks the doorway. The second one of them gets through, they're all going to fall through, and then it's chaos. Don't touch anything with this roster. Just leave it alone. Try it again next year. See how it goes. It's been a weird year. I don't know. Uh, eight games in hand over the team ahead of them in the standings. Right. Like it, time to, like the yeah. most rescheduled games and one of the longest road trips in NHL history in the same season. It's been a weird year. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. You know, Anders Lee's only played like 12 games or something too. Like, you know. But then you go the other way and you say, oh, they've scored less goals than the Coyotes and the Habs. That's... Is their goals per game better? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's... it's. I I don't know if I have the most faith in this team necessarily, but I don't really think that selling does them all that well. Washington Capitals, uh, 59 points through 47 games. Uh, the team's ahead of them pulling away. The team's behind them not getting any closer. Getting into that uh, sweet spot where you probably have a good idea where you're going to wind up, what you're going to be looking at down the road. Uh, time to bring a goalie in. See you in Washington, Marc-Andre Fleury. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Fetchkin probably hates the guy. How, why would you like him? Why would they get along? I, I, well, why would they get along? Because they're two of the most fun guys on planet Earth. Two it's like fun a buddy, and crazy guys. Yeah, it's it's a buddy cop duo where it's like the, the unlikely duo. It's the heat. That's what it'll be. That's the heat. Right. I don't know what, they're both Melissa McCarthy too. Ovi and the flower. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins 62 points 2 points out of first place yeah they're cool Uh, Evan Rodriguez continues to do it all yeah I don't get this team man well and that's that's the funny thing too is Rodriguez slows down and then everyone else is just like ah we're good don't worry about it yeah you know like Rodriguez Thanks. on a, like a small little slump here kind of thing. And Thanks for like, getting us this far. We got Chris it. Crystal Tang's like, oh, I'm actually the best defenseman in the NHL uh, for some reason at 35. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. That's very normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm, drugs. Is that what you're saying? Mm. Um, New York Rangers tied with the Carolina Hurricanes, 64 points apiece. The Hurricanes, uh, five games in hand, so... They've uh, they've seemed to have a pretty good hold uh, on the division as long as they don't uh, shoot themselves in the foot. But a lot of props to the Rangers for the season they're having. Uh, Thirty wins already. It's uh, it's fun in Manhattan right now. That's that's for sure. Not, yes. Not so much in Long Island, but you know Manhattan's having a good time. I would say the Rangers are probably my favorite team in the league to watch. Really? Yeah, I love watching them. Okay. They are a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Kreider. Because here's what I love about them. Analytically, they kind of don't really make sense either. That's the fun part. Like it's, Sure don't. It's one of those things like if Shesterkin has a bad game, they have to score six goals. And they also kind of have the talent to like play shitty for two periods and then score five goals in the third period somehow. Like, 
It's crazy. Um, but they're fun to watch, for sure. I'm rooting for them. Lafreniere showed up yet? Yeah, he has 10 goals this year. So he's been, been alright. I mean, like, he's not, you know, number one pick uh, good. But for a guy making league minimum, I guess is how I would look at it. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. He's been very good. And, uh, yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes, as I mentioned, sitting atop uh, with uh, that 64 points, 31 wins, and 9 losses, 2 in overtime. Not going to lie to you, I thought they were going to come back to earth a little bit. That being said, none of the oh, teams yeah. behind them did I have a lot of confidence in taking over the, the reign of the, the hold on the division or anything. Um, getting some great goaltending. Um, and... I don't really know what can go wrong short of, you know, some catastrophic injuries down the road. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I still don't really buy it, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they should, they should certainly be in the market for some help is what I would say. Cause I, uh, there's a few things that are going well for them this year that I can't really make sense of, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, safe to say those top four making the playoffs? I don't know that I would go that far, but... Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Atlantic Division, Buffalo Sabres, 14-24-7. Uh, the Jack Eichel era has ended, and nothing has changed. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, trade what you can, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. There's... I've, I've reached a point with this team, and if they're not going to help themselves, I'm certainly not going to try to help them for them. No. That's fair. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, 14-22-4. Tim Stutzla, big overtime goal of the night, looking yeah. looking yeah. pretty good, pretty slick, first fight, having fun. Uh, it's good times in Ottawa, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, this is what happens. You get a couple key pieces, they get some growing pains, and it'll shake itself out. Fun to watch. Love Fun watching watch. the Senators. They yeah. are... Like, you... I was thinking about this a lot this week, too, because on Hockey Day in Canada, I watched the Red Wings and the Senators vote separately. Um, you know, and I was kind of thinking, like, those were two of the more fun teams. Like, those two of the most fun teams in the league to watch. Why is that? Like, why are they so bad? And it, I've, I've come to the conclusion that all these teams are, are very good offensive teams that have no clue on planet Earth how to play defense. <laughs> And that's why these games are fun. So I watched like a, a Blackhawks Red Wings game the other night. It was eight five. I saw that. You know game. what I mean? Yeah. I watched that Ducks Sens game on Hockey Day in Canada. It was like a two one final, but it was fucking. It. it was like back and forth, back and forth. Like the goalies were great. Um, you know, it's it's these teams have the skill. They sort of just have to figure out how to slow the game down at points, so that way they're not constantly going back to their end at full fucking speed. Like, a lot, the, a lot of the best players in the league know how to control the pace of the game, and these young teams don't. They're just balls-of-the-wall speed, and it's fun to watch, but it's not maybe going to win you all those games kind of thing, and that's all it is with the Senators. They're uh, a couple years away yet, um, but they shouldn't be super concerned, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Detroit Red Wings, uh, as you just mentioned, right Love above them. them. 20 wins in the season. Uh we're kind of sniffing around a playoff spot for a little bit there. They've they've tailed off. A lot of fun, though. A lot of young guys. Sporty Sider, Lucas Freeman. I wouldn't be shocked if the uh, Capitals are horrendous in the second half. For a lot of reasons, I'm not going to just debate this week. We'll talk about it maybe next week during the awards conversations. 
Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Red Wings somehow grabbed that last playoff spot. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think it's a little more possible than some people are giving it credit for. Hmm. Also considering the Red Wings have played a ton of games. But, yeah. And their best player can't travel to Canada, which doesn't... Uh, not their best player, but like, you know, one of their highest was, goal scorers anyway. You know, I, and I gotta say, like, watching that game against the, the Leafs the other night, it was weird because he was, he was taking shots, but... Um, <laughs> yes! The Boston mm. Bruins... He doesn't block shots, though. No, he, he laid out yeah, empty yeah. net. No, it was great. <laughs> uh, Boston Bruins, 55 points. Stuck in no man's land, so to speak, behind the big guns at the top and the crappy teams behind them. Uh, 26, 14, and 3. Uh, comfy, I guess. Yep. I, I, this is this is a pretty good result for the Bruins, I think, all things considered. Uh, what they were up against in the division. Uh, the state of the team with the loss of Krejci and, you know, Rask. Uh, this could have been a lot worse. But they're, they're holding it together, and I think this is about as good as you could hope for as a Bruins fan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, like, the one thing, too, uh, is some of the cap space that they have that maybe those guys haven't been necessarily pulling their weight and like Jake DeBrusque actually playing very well lately. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think they're in a good spot. Um, it'll be kind of interesting to see what, uh, what happens at the deadline for them. Cause I do think that they could use some depth pieces, but, um, you know, who knows if they're going to be able to get creative enough to really bring much in. We'll Ryan see. gets laugh. Not with the, not with the ducks in the playoffs, but I guess, no, not yet, anyway. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm -hmm. Now, they have 66 points. Uh, they've played 46 games. 30-10-6 uh, on the season. Business as usual down in Florida. Yep. Just trucking along, having a good time. Yep. Yeah. I say it every deadline. Uh, get it, get another goalie. But other than that... Um, Who's their backup? Brian Elliott? Brian Elliott. Mm -hmm. And he's been... Uh, bad, but he's like nine four and one or something. You know what right. I mean? Which is fine. I don't know if I want Brian Elliott starting against like the fucking uh, Hurricanes in the playoffs or some shit. You know, so no, I uh, that's my concern. Yeah, no. So uh, get another goalie, bring someone else in, just to kind of you know. I like that you felt that you had to quantify that with um, against a team. Yeah, I don't want Brian Elliott starting the playoffs. Period. No. <laughs> No, I don't know if anyone watched his time in Philadelphia. I think uh, Brian Elliott's best days passed him by. Uh, well, I guess when he was in St. Louis, probably, uh, which was a long time ago. But. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, a few points behind Tampa, but they've got a lot of games in hand. So points percentage-wise, they're they're up above uh, the Bolts at the moment. 29-10-3, and three, mm -hmm. 61 points. If you're Sheldon Keefe, sure. okay, after the break here, when you come back, how are you managing your goaltending situation? Mrazic's making that money, man. Let's see what you got. It's not that he's Boy been bad. Or shut up. It's not that he's been bad this year. He just hasn't played. Hasn't stayed healthy. Well, yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it, I, I would say he was bad through his first six games. Has he played six games? But, yeah. No. Oh. But the, the, the problem is that those games were spread out over the course of, like, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Right, because he was out, and then he came back, and then he got hurt, like, literally his first game back, and then he came back, and, like, he's been hurt three times. Um, and I think that's going to continue, because I do think he's an injury-prone goaltender. Uh, but if it doesn't, 
keep playing him right now. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he's got. He's making three and a half fucking million dollars a year. See what he can do. Throw. I think it's more than that, actually. Throw him in the net. See what he can do. If he can't hold it, then it's a rare year where there are goaltending options available for decent prices. And they don't seem to garner, you know, a huge return on the market. If you got to go out and trade for another goaltender and figure something out with Morazic, then, you know, then you do it. But Well, they did it last year with bringing in uh, David Riddick. You know, it's, it's not... Sure. You know, a, a similar move, uh, preferably not David Riddick. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, no, like, if they, if they, like, they have to see what they have right now. And uh, if he's healthy enough to play, he should be playing 65% of the games over the next three to four weeks, I think. Yeah, maybe even less, honestly. But he should play more than Campbell right now. The Florida Panthers uh, sitting up in first place with a nice 69 points. Ooh. Uh, 47 games played, so mm-hmm. uh, the teams behind him have some window room in terms of uh, catching up banking some points but for now florida way out on top jonathan huberdo mm. has silently taken over to the nhl points lead yeah from the uh, edmonton twins uh, what a year yep you know and like for all the love that we talk about mcdavid and dry settle scoring and look at how far ahead they are and what a season they're having along comes jonathan huberdo and it's like we're not even talking about it and all of a sudden, it's not impressive because he's the leader. It's only impressive if it's uh, McDavid. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was weird. Good for him. Yeah, I, I think it's impressive because I don't think of him as like a especially otherworldly player or anything like that. You know, like I think of him as like a very, very good left winger, but not necessarily a superstar in his own right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see. Uh, he definitely took it personal when I said that I thought it was weird that he was automatically on everyone's Team Canada roster, and uh, he heard me, I think, because he seems mad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I did leave a team out for oh. very obvious reasons. Oh. The Montreal Canadiens. Sure. Um, oh, boy. Eight sure. wins, 29 losses, seven more in overtime. A 261 points percentage. They have a legitimate shot at becoming the worst team in franchise history. Mm-hmm. The worst non-expansion team in NHL history. Mm-hmm. If they don't figure it out soon. Give give some sort of hope. And I know you don't want to because this is the team that just came off the Stanley Cup run. That has all the fans that seem to believe that they're untouchable and everything is going perfectly fine and and the, the season they're having this year is this a one-off is this the new norm and if it's the new norm is it just a matter of looking forward to that draft pick in the in the summer oh yeah they're terrible um uh you're looking for something positive they don't have any catastrophically bad contracts that they can't put on LTIR. There's your good news. Is It looks like Shea Weber's career is going to end on an injury. Uh, not in the NHL being the worst player in the league, making $7.5 million. I don't want to speak out of line, but from what I understand, sounds like Carey Price is going to retire on the LTIR. And... Uh, that's fine. So that's $17 million in cap space where you can go out and put it somewhere else. Like That's fine. Um, not that you should be going out and spending right now, but what I'm saying is that 
You draft Shane Wright this year. You draft Connor Bedard next year. And all of a sudden, it's 2024, and you've got some guys that are signed making too much money, but nothing where it's like, holy shit, this guy's signed for another 12 years at $40 million a season. Nothing like that. That's an illegal contract, of course. No one can have that. But. Not unless you win the uh, Salary Cup. Cup. Sure. Right. Yeah, and they can sign fucking Arteri Lekkonen for 12 years, $40 million a year. Exactly. Uh, use it however they want. So, sorry, just to clarify, uh, with, with Weber and Price coming off, uh, you're saying don't pay off your credit card and then go spend it on a bunch of shit right away. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Not, not if you don't have a shed to put it in. Just just clarifying. Yeah. Okay. That, that analogy would have made more sense for the Arizona Coyotes yeah. if you don't have a shed yeah. to put it in. Uh, speaking of the Arizona Coyotes, they are the next team up Ooh, there in the eighth boys. place uh, in their in their division. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. We, as for as much shit as we're giving the Montreal Canadiens, the the Coyotes are they're keeping pace. <laughs> they want that pick. We don't have a building. We want the pick. Yeah, that's the mantra in Arizona right now. Uh, well, here's the thing, James. The, uh, they've sneakily been not horrible lately. Like they've been. Okay, I, I I don't know if it's like eleven games, but they 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 no, it's not quite that. But they like at some point in the last like month and a half had a decently long stretch where they were above five hundred. I think it's sort of ended recently, but regardless, they're not like catastrophically bad. I would say they're pretty bad though. Is that just because they had to play the? Devils and Habs on that Eastern road trip. Is that why they were... Beat the, beat the Habs the other night. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, fuck, it is, it is tough. You know, like, we talked about Arizona and, and their building problems before, but I think back to when they were first going through their ownership problems when they had the bankruptcy issues and the league took over. Like, they were good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they went to the Western Conference Finals. They, had, they put a project on the ice, and they were having some good seasons, you know what I mean? Like, th- there was some talent on the roster. And then you look at this, and it's like, well, I don't know if I have a fucking building. And you can't even have that same kind of, you know, sense of security and saying, but at least they're good. You know, at least there's something to cheer for. There isn't. There's nothing going going good here at, at all. If, if ever there was a time to sell, it is now. And I don't mean the players on the roster. Hmm. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, we talked about them. They suck. Their owner sucks. They're fucking... I won't say their fans suck, but... Uh, the fucking... No, the, the fans logo, The logo sucks. The fuck. The city sucks. The fucking... Uh, well, I don't know if I would throw Chicago into it necessarily well, either. I'm just gonna... Never been there. Fuck them. Okay. Winnipeg. Okay. Uh, uh, 43 points, 18, 17, and 7 on the season. A couple games in hand over the teams in front of them, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, two six and two over their last ten. Uh, is the window closed or? Here, here's what I would say with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, to use your window uh, closing analogy, I think what they should do is maybe close the window overnight here because I think there might be some frost. But tomorrow, <laughs> I think it's still going to be seasonably warm. So maybe open it back up tomorrow. I don't think this team is uh, cooked, but I think this season is worth writing off. Um, now, having said that, there's enough talent on the roster that I wouldn't be completely shocked if this team just went on like a nine-game heater tomorrow. 
well, I'd be shocked if they did it tomorrow because there's no games. Yeah. But next week, starting next week. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it doesn't look like this group is really working out. Um, you know, they, they should move some pieces and see what they can work on next year. And, um, like I would be interested in moving out some of your, uh, expiring contracts to maybe get some more ice time for Veselainen and Perfetti and try to have them, you know, maybe be steady contributors next year if that's something that their development path is going to let happen. Um... But no, I don't think the window's closed. Like, I I still think Mark Scheifele's a real good player. Kyle Connor's obviously very good. Like, Dubois's been a bright spot this year. Um, there's a lot to like, I think, on this team. Um, but what's happening is you look at the roster, and there's a lot of guys that were there maybe four or five years ago that aren't really quite contributing at the level that they used to. And you hear the names that I said. Like, I said Connor, I said Scheifele. I also said Perfetti, Veselin, and Dubois. It's time to kind of change the look of this team and usher in maybe a different group next year um i would lightly sell at the deadline and consider some interesting a things in that yeah like I, i'd be open to just about anything in the mm -hmm. summer is what i'm getting at i wouldn't really go into the summer with an untouchable other than uh probably hellebuck dave lowry uh not not loving it for sure i would like to see someone else for sure how about Rick Bonus in Dallas? Because he's not having a good time in Dallas. Um, I don't know that he's Winnipeg's answer to their problems. They would love him in Winnipeg, though. I will say that. He's a very true. folksy uh, head He's coach, a blue-collar guy. Yeah, we love him. Uh, Rick, we love him. Rick Bonus in the Dallas Stars, 48 points. Yeah. Uh, 500 hockey team. You know, they, they win, they lose, they win, they lose, and there's no stringing anything together here. Nothing to be excited about. Uh, their goal differential is negative two. <laughs> like, they're a very... Middle of the road pack team, and that's where they're gonna stay. Now, James, this may surprise you. If I was the stars, I would buy at the deadline. Okay. Okay. Here's why. I don't think the stars are particularly amazing. No, they're not. I don't think there are many particularly amazing teams in that conference, quite honestly, though. Um, like the teams that I really think of as Stanley Cup threats, they're pretty much all in the East this year. Um, I think the West is a little more open than people kind of realize mm -hmm. uh, like even ahead of them right like the wild obviously were very good last year they haven't been as good this year analytically they're winning games but the underlyings are not as good as they were uh the blues have bad underlying numbers generally speaking love watching them they're fun to watch but fun to watch is usually a bad thing um i i think the stars like here's the thing they're another one where the competitive window is starting to close just buy just buy here Bring in a couple pieces, see if you can get something clicking, see if you can get some, some offense going, and who knows, maybe you go on a little run here. They've you done know? it before. Yeah, I, I basically what I'm saying is I'm not writing this team off. But are they particularly good? Uh, no. The St. Louis Blues, 57 points through 44 games. They look like they're just content to chip away, and, and you know, them and Nashville are going to go back and forth all season long, and Maybe you get up to that Minnesota tier as well. And, uh, it, it, you know, this, this team is a – we already know who's winning the division. Uh, we're all fighting for home ice in that second spot. Uh, I think the Blues have a shot at it. Um, but, uh, like you said, like they're – I say that because they're fun and I like watching them. Yeah. And it, it's, that's, like you said, not a good thing. So 
It's very cool because they have uh, nobody that I would consider like among the top offensive players in the league, and yet their offense is, I would argue, maybe the most potent in the league because they have three lines that are just, oh boy, mm-hmm. like good fucking luck with that. Uh, and if Huso is going to stand on his head here, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? Like if they can afford to give up 35 shots a night and still win the game 4-2, like good, good golly Miss Molly. Miss Molly Bozak, that is. Um, (laughs) My girl. (laughs) The Nashville Predators continue to surprise this podcaster. Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. 2014-4, haven't we all? <laughs> I kind of assumed that they were below uh, Nashville. And Star- I Dallas thought they were Star- below Winnipeg. Um, they are... Yeah, they've been good, though. Hey, good for you, UC Saros. Yep. If you're a finished goaltender, go to Nashville. It's something in the in the air, I guess. I don't know. Like, like look, it's one of those things. They have... Uh, three players are having, like, the best year of their career uh, in Forsberg, Yossi, and Saros. Tanner Jeannot has been... Uh, wonderful found money for them. So there, there's a lot to like. I mean, you know, uh, if uh, do I have their cap friendly open or page open and do I like what I see? No, don't like what I see. But um, the good news is they put the actual players on the ice, not the cap friendly page. So uh, <laughs> just lay a piece of paper. A piece of paper. The fucking Capitals are winning 41 to nothing after uh, a minute. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think I think the Predators are, are good, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Minnesota Wild, 59 points, 41 games played, so they have uh, some games in hand over the teams around them. Hopefully they can get some breathing room and get uh, maybe some separation away from Nashville-St. Louis. Uh, they're not going to catch Colorado, and I, I'm hearing... Yeah, probably not. I'm hearing, despite what... Uh, I, a lot of fans are calling for uh, Kirill Kaprizov uh, is actually too old to win the Hart Trophy. So, mm. uh, sorry, Wild fans. Oh no, uh, you'll have to live with your six-game winning streak uh, going into the All Star break. Tough news. Yeah. Guy's good. Kirill Kaprizov, he's got like twenty-four points in his last sixteen games. Or oh, he's awesome. He's unreal. I love him. Yeah, he's he's. We were, we were talking about this uh, last night, actually. I was out watching. I had two beers uh, and then woke up feeling incredibly hungover today. It's the least amount of beers that ever made me hungover. It was a record. Um, but, yeah, no, I had two beers last night. I was out watching hockey, having the conversation who my favorite players in the NHL are. And I came to the conclusion it's Ryan O'Reilly, one. Mark Stone, two. Kirill Kaprizov, three. Not including Austin Matthews. Hard for me to rank him because he's uh, not a player. He's a owner owns the NHL so love it yeah and then that leaves us with the Colorado Avalanche uh, mm-hmm. up in first place 68 points uh <laughs> what are you gonna say uh these guys have mm-hmm. the Western Conference by the throat they have lost uh, 12 games total this year only four at home two of which in regulation uh, just wake me up in late May and let me know if they're still in the in the, in the chase because uh I don't even want to pay attention anymore. I just assume they're going to win. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Um. I. I would say, if Bowen Byram, if Bowen Byram's not going to get healthy, see if you can find some other defenseman that makes seven hundred fifty k other than Jack Johnson. Uh. Sure. Aside from that, not a bad approach. Uh. This team looks a lot better than 
Like last year, if you all remember podcast last year, I was a little bit hesitant to say that they're like otherworldly good. I, I do think that they're the best team in the National Hockey League. Uh, I don't know if they actually are, but I think I think they are to me. And um, yeah, and this is considering I've watched uh, uh, most of the games I've watched there is Nathan McKinnon has either done nothing or been injured in the first uh, minute or something. So yeah, I like what I see for sure. Uh, lastly, the Pacific, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, a, a rough expansion season. You know what? A regular expansion season. Yeah. Um, well, no, it's a good one, actually. By, they're doing fine, I by guess. By re- records. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 15, 27, and 4. Uh, the good news is uh, Matty Beniers is going to go play the, at the Olympics for Team USA. So good. Didn't know he was a Kraken. Uh, good for him, though. Yeah, he's the guy that went second overall there. Uh, sure. I don't know. I have no recollection of this past draft for some reason. That's fair. Who's first overall? Owen Power, baby. He is also going right. to the Olympics. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Uh, huh. I remember Edvinson. That's yeah. a guy. That's Detroit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, Swedish defenseman? Yeah, Young pick? Yeah. Worked out good before. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, 2020 and 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the year that they will be competitive again. Like the, uh, just their stat, <laughs> just their stat line. Eh? Twenty twenty and six for a five hundred winning percentage. They are eight eight and three at home. Twelve twelve and three on the road. Three and three in the shootout. Four three and three over their last ten. Bruce Boudreau, baby, let's go. <laughs> never get too high. Never get too low. Yeah. Uh, no, they're they're a terrible hockey team that Bruce Boudreau has clawed back into respectability, <laughs> and I think that that's awesome. This yeah. is the this is probably the worst team. He's ever had to coach, and he's doing a pretty good job, I would say. Good for him. It was a lot worse a, I, a while ago. I like it. Good yeah. for him. Uh, the San Jose Sharks, not much better. Uh, 22, 20, and 4 uh, for 48 points. Uh, you know, they got rid of Andrew Kane, and uh, gee, it didn't really help. Uh, for as, as shitty as the dude is, uh, well, he was, a lot happier, he was their best player last year. Um, and, uh, they're, they're no good. No bueno. No, it's, um, yeah, aside from Timo Meyer, there's not a lot of bright spots here this year. Um, we'll see you next year, I guess. Thomas Hurdle, does he stay or does he go? I'd be surprised if they move him, but I think they would be smart to move him. Yeah. Anaheim Ducks and their new GM, Pat Verbeek, um, they are technically third place in points, uh, but they've played more games than anybody in the NHL and uh, by points percentage fall back behind a few. Uh, they've banked some points. That's the good news. They're relying on the teams behind them to fuck up. We'll have to see. Well, what do you do, what do, you do here when what? you've got a position where you are playing more than everybody else, which you can't control. That's the schedule, right? Yeah. You've got some points. You know, you're, you're playing relatively well, all things said. But in in a few ways, your your destiny's kind of out of your hands. Do you mm-hmm. go hard at the deadline, or do you reserve the deadline? Just stand pat. I think there's a way to make this deadline happen if you're a smart GM. Okay, I've played a lot of NHL, uh, EA Sports. I've played NHL 17, 18, 19, 20, really 21, 08, 09. Played, played 04 games. Yeah, and. Um, what I have learned, just actually watching real hockey, though, like there's a way that they can go into this deadline and sell and buy. 
Okay. Oh, that's not a thing. So here's what they... Yeah, no, believe it or not, you can do both. So here's what they should do. Uh, say, hey, J- uh, Josh Manson, how about we trade you to, like, freaking uh, Colorado or some shit? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, they're good. I've heard of them. And you're like, yeah, we'll take half your salary. You're going to go to Colorado. You can go win a cup. We probably won't see in the playoffs. Goodbye. Have fun. And he'll be like, all right, see you later. I'm going to go to Colorado. And then what that does for the Ducks is now they no longer have to play Josh Manson on D. All of a sudden, it's addition by subtraction because he's not that great anymore. I wouldn't go that far that they're going to like start winning games because he's not there, but I don't think they're really going to be any worse without him. Uh, find another defenseman who's better than Josh Manson, uh, you know, maybe analytically or something, and bring him in. Because Pat Verbeek seems to be more of an analytical thinking general manager from what I understand about his time in Detroit and Tampa. So, uh, yeah, like that would be a smart move right there where you move out an older guy, maybe get a draft pick for him, buy someone cheaper, and maybe you get better by doing it. That's all I'm saying. Like, just think economically here at this deadline. Um, you know, asset management would be good. But I don't think if they were to trade, like, Josh Manson and, uh, fuck, maybe even Ricard Raquel, that it really makes them that much worse. Because a lot of what's going on here is, uh, John Gibson's been unbelievable. Troy Terry is, uh, scoring at a 45-goal pace. And Trevor Zegers has been awesome. There you go. That's that's the secret here to the Ducks. So uh, that's the long way of me saying, get creative at the deadline. Let's see something interesting. Here. Sell and buy. Uh, you Sell go, and buy. You should go into stocks. Sell and buy. Um, buy. Sell. Remember that Mad Money show? I think it's still on TV. <laughs> I'll just be hosting that, but it'll be about the fucking... Be about the Ducks. <laughs> buy! And just pans to me. Ryan gets up. Sell, 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 sell. sell, sell, sell. <laughs> it's just like power fucking pushing on screen. <laughs> That'd be good for sports. <laughs> I'd watch that. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I've been saying for years, this is not as hard as people make it out to be. That's for sure. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, 23-16-3. They got the ship righted. It's not moving very fast, okay. but it's not sinking anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Um, they're back in the hunt. Far. They're back in the hunt. They got games in hand, which is the biggest asset they have at the moment. Uh, yes, bigger than Connor McDavid. I refuse to contribute to this team's conversation because I'm done talking about them. <laughs> it's been a lot of uh, oiler talk lately, hasn't it? I, I feel like like this is li- I'm not even exaggerating. This is literally the fourth time in four weeks I'm gonna sit here and be like, yeah, Miko Koskinen sucks. You need a goalie. Mm. <laughs> nice guy though, I think. I don't know. He seems nice. Uh, Los Angeles Kings do not need a goalie. They have two of them, and mm. uh, they're doing pretty well with both of them. Yeah, that rocks. Uh, five eighty-five points percentage, sitting in third in the division. I love it. Uh, having some fun in L.A., California. I right? love L.A. Yeah, dun, there it is. Dun, dun. Randy Newman, baby. We did not script this, folks. It's, mm-hmm. it's all natural. Yeah. I I like the Kings a lot. I want to see them do well. They're fun. They're a lot of fun. They are, um, right now, what the Ducks are going to be in like a year, I think. Like the Ducks just don't that have quick, it. Eh? They don't have it really a year or two, I think. I don't know. Again, I don't really think this is that okay. hard, but uh, teams seem to think it's hard. Um, but yeah, the the Kings are awesome. They're fun to watch again, too, which I like. The, I used to like watching them. I like watching them again. The way the season has gone, and obviously the, the NHL is not going to the Olympics, mm-hmm. would Drew Doughty have been on the radar? To trade? <laughs> 
for the Olympic team. Oh! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, he's been good, but I wouldn't fucking trade for him. That's insane. Um, well, not for me. No, I, I, he wouldn't have been on my Olympic roster, but he's been good enough that I don't think that that's a laughable notion either. Like, if people put them on their rosters... It's like their seventh or eighth defenseman. I think that's fine. Okay. If you had him playing regular minutes, you're out of your mind. But, uh, but he's been good. He's having a good year. He's just not been. He's not been Drew Doughty, but he's been good. Well, <laughs> he has been Drew Doughty. I think yeah. he has. Honestly, well, like, I think this is just what he is. And... He he has sort of changed back into what he was when he was 18, which is now he's just an offensive defenseman that can't play defense anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas when he was in his prime, he was like a 45 point guy that was like among the best defensive defensemen in the league, right? Mm-hmm. He's not that anymore. He's understood Some that. might say he never was. He's now just a very good power play quarterback. Some might say it was only ever the Daryl Sutter effect. You could say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made there. Speaking of Daryl Sutter, the Calgary Flames 23-13-6. Let's go. For 52 big points. Uh, a lot of games in hand. 52 big. 52 big points, baby. Oh, they got they earned all those points, too. They sure did. Those are all big points. Three-game winning streak going into the break. Sure. Um, four games in hand over Vegas. Point one, point zero one point percentage difference from Vegas. Can Calgary win the division? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't very confident. Oh, they're not my pick, but they could. Like, like here's, here's the thing for Calgary is... Uh, the conversation has always been, for me anyway, like, is the core really as good as we think it is? And my argument was always no. And it turns out that uh, it could be with the right coach, maybe, uh, because Johnny Goudreau is now playing like the player that everyone said he was four years. And I was like, well, I don't fucking see it. And now I'm seeing it. I'm watching the Flames games. I'm like, yeah, this guy plays very good all the time uh, because it's amazing. Um, if you learn how to play defense, you'll have the puck more. And if you like having the puck, that'll be good for your play style. So now that he's playing defense, look, he's unbelievable offensively now, too. It's crazy how that fucking works. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been very good. The Flames have been very good. They're, uh, they're another team I, I usually enjoy watching, but it seems like the times I turn them on, they're either winning 7-0 or they lose 1-0 in overtime or some shit. So, to the Sens. Yeah. Uh, I had money on them the other night, and they lost. I was pretty pissed. Uh, speaking of betting money, the Vegas Golden Knights, 27-16-3, sitting atop the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jack Eichel's on the way. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, you know, he's coming. Well, he's coming, baby. Yeah, it just yeah. depends who they push off the cliff yeah. to bring him in. But. <laughs> Who's going to take the hit, so to speak? Is there a scenario in which Jack Eichel shows up and this team gets worse? I get it's not a stupid question, but no, I don't think so. I think they'll be okay. Jack Eichel, I can't wait, baby. I want to see him in Vegas, gold. Uh, we're number nine, right? Yeah, number nine, Jack Eichel I think so. in Vegas. Let's go. Yeah, Fuck. That sounds right. Get me a jersey. Yeah, I don't know. It should be cool. Like, like you know what? I guess to entertain your question very briefly here, they have two lines that are working well, and then the whole thing was like, oh, they're just going to move Stevenson down to the third line. I don't know. Maybe maybe you want him on the first line. Like maybe Eichel's not going to be as good with Stone and uh, and Patrick. Now, what I've learned in in uh, the past is that usually three super fast guys on the same line don't work. 
Uh, the good news is, for Eichel, is he's super fast, and Pacioretty and Stone are not. Mm. So I feel like that's going to work pretty well. I feel like there's going to be a lot of pace, and, and that's going to be fun to watch. See what happens. But, yeah, no, I think that the Golden Knights are going to be just fine. Uh, and, yeah, so that's uh, that's all 32 teams. Oh, yeah. The... Uh, McNabb signed a new deal. Did, did, did you like that? I, I like that. He got a new contract. Braden McNabb. Where does he play? Vegas? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, okay. First parent. For years. I knew he was there at one point. Oh, okay. You oh. could have told me they flipped him to Minnesota or something. Like, All right, well, I, I guess I'll just say I like Braden McNabb's new deal. Good, good, good. I'm half, ha- happy for Braden McNabb's bank account. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, so the All-Star game goes this weekend. Uh, no hockey until Monday, in which you can see the Leafs and Hurricanes as the first game back. That'll be a doozy. And um, while we were talking both these 32 teams, just mm-hmm. had to talk about the uh, All-Star game, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I found what needs to be the televised event of the weekend, okay. in my opinion. Uh, sure. The mascots are playing dodgeball in Vegas. It's okay. pretty hilarious. That I'm is not gonna lie. probably how you fix the All-Star game. They've done it. It might be. Dallas's mascot, you know, the big green guy with the hips, the big fat goalie mascot type of guy. They're all big, fat goalies. He, he is so large, like, he can't bend over to grab the ball, so he's just dancing in the corner. Biggest guy out there. Like, yeah, it's dodgeball, bro. You're going to get hit, so. Must okay. see TV. I, yeah, I like that. Okay. I'll share the link later. It's it's, it's, it's good stuff. Thank you. Um, did not realize Colorado's, avalanche was, or Colorado's uh, mascot was a dog. Colorado had an avalanche? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Who is their mascot? Uh, Hunter the dog, maybe? Hunter the dog. Or Icy the Dog or something. I don't know. He's got a stupid name, I think. Icy Dead Dog Dog? Oh, no. It's, um... Whoa, oh, what is it? I think it's... I think it's Bernie. Because I think he's a St. Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you got it there? No, but that makes sense. Oh, you're not going to look? No. All right. I'm not getting into okay. a mascot debate. Okay. Um, Olympics kind of started. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... Open ceremonies haven't yeah. happened yet. Do they always do that? They must. <laughs> like, I was like, I was thinking to myself, oh man, I can't wait for the Olympics to start on Friday. And like, I literally turned on my TV when I got home last night. Like, oh, uh, curling's on. Okay, cool. Like, I, I saw that they this were... This is actually Great Britain's second game. What? I saw that they were playing and I just assumed it was like a tune-up game, you know? A tune-up, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pronounced turnip. <laughs> tune-up. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess the Olympics have started. They haven't done the ceremonies yet. Uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain, one of the Canadian flag bearers, start. That's pretty cool. Good yeah. for her. Yeah, I was pumped. Captain Canada. Yeah. Uh, quick check-in. Uh, Olympic hockey. Claude Julien uh, fell and broke his ribs and is no longer oh, coaching the men's team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fell on some ice in Switzerland. It gets pretty icy in Switzerland. So, mm-hmm. uh, that sucks for Claude, you know? just Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Especially the way, like, things ended the last time. Like, in the bubble there, he had to get taken out with some medical issues. And yeah. A tough go for Claude. Yeah. It sucks. We like Claude Julian. Uh, Eric Stahl uh, will be the captain of the men's team in Beijing. Do we see him back in the NHL this year? Does he go over to Beijing, have a big tournament, win a gold medal, have 20 points in five games, and get a deal? 
Oh, 20 points in five games. I don't know about that. But the rest of it, yeah, uh, that sounds conceivable. Um, well, I don't think Canada's going to win a gold medal either. But, uh, yeah, I could see it. I mean, it happened in 2018 with Gianta, I think it was, right? Um, a few guys. A few guys, yeah. Like, uh, like I think it's conceivable that it happens, um, for sure. Where's it go? Where, where would the ideal location... Who needs an, a 36-year-old Eric Stahl for the cup run? That's a loaded question. I'll say, hmm, I, I'll i say Nashville, mm. but honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he went to Minnesota, too, mm. because they could use some help, but they need to get pretty economic as to how they're finding the help, <laughs> so maybe a league minimum contract for uh, a guy that scored 40 goals there a few years ago, uh, maybe that's the move, you know, we'll see. Might Do be. I think it's the right move? Maybe not, but whatever. Might be. It's it's not the worst idea. Um, the women's, as we mentioned, underway. A big 12-1 win over Switzerland yeah. to kick things off. That was fun. Uh, Melody Doust, injured though. Yep. Uh, had to leave the game. Not good. Not, not sure how she's going to uh, bounce back, uh, what her situation is. Uh, going along with that, Braina Decker for the U.S. Had to be stretchered off the ice in game one. And uh, is probably done for the tournament. Yeah, which is that's a big blow for the U.S. Yeah, not good. She's she's good. Uh, not a, not a good thing to happen for sure. Is a loss like that significant enough to the U.S. program where a team like Finland might sneak in and mm. knock them off? Eh. I mean, you know what? Finland's never like a pushover for sure. So it's not inconceivable that they would maybe win a game. Um, I'm not super worried about you know. U.S.'s chances, but it doesn't it doesn't help. Mm. That's for sure. That's yeah, tough. And uh, lastly, on the international front, it uh, it feels like a while away, um, which is really depressing. The World Juniors slated to return in August, according to IIHF President uh, Luke Tardif. Is that his first name? Luke. I think so. Yeah. Luke Tardif. Sounds right. World Juniors in August. Uh, give give me uh, bonfires, barbecues, shorts, flip flops, and the World Juniors. The yes bonfire or no. bonsai. Yeah. Uh, yes or no? Yeah. Oh, I'm in. Okay. For sure. Okay. Might actually go. Where is it? I don't know what they're gonna do. Hmm. I don't think they've gotten that far yet. Okay. If it's uh, well, what the hell do I care? I I got Kyle Hogan's flight deal. I can fly anywhere for fourteen dollars or something. So yeah, I'll I'll go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless it's, as long, unless it's a weekend of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you, I kind of want to go to that. You too. know that they're they're going to do this thing, and they're going to be, like, Soviet-era guards outside of the building. No one's coming in or out. You're not having your fucking wedding at the hotel this weekend, Karen. Uh, move along. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. We're going to play these games. No one's going to have any fun at all, and you can tailgate the parking lot. That's as close as you get. Well, I'd still do that. Okay. Maple Leaf Square. I, I don't think I'd Just move spread it. Spread a little COVID outside the arena. We, we may have talked about this. Like I, I don't think I'd ever move it full time to August. But like I kind of like the idea of just mixing in a a summer once in a while. Because like like I said, you get those NHL guys that would normally be unavailable in in yeah. December, January, August. You're gonna have the creme of the creme. It's gonna be fantastic. Uh, the creme. Owen Power could potentially go and win an Olympic medal. Mm-hmm. And then come back and play at the World Juniors. That that is a scary thought. 
The, the same can be said of Maddie Bermier for the U.S., I suppose. But you know what I mean? Crazy. Like, just nuts. Well, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd like to go if that's an option. That's cool. World Chase, let's do it in August. Yeah. Best of the best. Yeah. Creme de la creme. Yeah. Um, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. Oh. Sad so, time of show. Were we doing one? I hadn't prepped one. Um... Yeah, no, I it's my week to pick. I figured... Uh, <laughs> you threw me right off there. I was like, uh, weren't we just talking no, about No, 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 we're good. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I picked Rush songs. I don't really know why. It just mm. came to me yesterday. It's usually how all the uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorites that I pick, that's usually how they go. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to them. Um, but yeah, Rush songs. You like Rush, I like Rush. Rush is cool. Rush was my band back in high school, and I know that every white dude says that, but... Yeah. Fuck, I love those guys. There's also something funny about my line, Rush is cool. Because uh, they're a bunch of geeks, but they're cool. Yeah. Still. Like, one so. of my favorite stories about about their early days was uh, Gene Simmons of Kiss. Who, who like, I, I don't like Kiss. But I respect the fact that Gene Simmons is, by all accounts, like a pretty cool dude. Right? Yeah. Um, and they end up on tour together after Rush's, like, second album. And... Kiss has been doing it for a little while, you know, they're they're not strangers to the road life, so to speak. And get that story from Gene Simmons about how these fucking kids from Toronto are in bed. It's ten o'clock on a Thursday and it's like what are you guys doing? We got we gotta go out in two hours. Like we, we, we have to leave to go out in two hours. Like we we just got back from dinner. Like we're going to bed. No no no, we haven't gone out yet. Dinner was not going out. That was fuel for the night. <laughs> Get the fuck up. Let's go. And then they would. They just you know go to bed, get their full eight hours, and uh, play the next well, night. Oh yeah, he's got to be rested. He's got to go to the Jays game in the afternoon before the concert. Yeah. Right? So he's got a lot of shit. To that do. guy runs like a full marathon behind the kit back there. You know, that's, that's you got to get your sleep. That is true. <laughs> like, there's no way that Neil Peart would have been able to play like as long as he did if he were. Uh, John Bonham, let's say, yeah. you know, that <laughs> wouldn't have worked. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, if Kiss is fucked up and they have to get on stage, they can get by. There's not a lot to those that's songs. That's true. Yeah, you know? Rush. <laughs> like you got to focus. Rush is a math equation as a song. <laughs> like that's you got to be sharp. That's perfect. Analogy. You got you got to be sharp. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you're overrated, sir. My overrated Rush song is "Closer to the Heart." Hmm. <sighs> Almost made the least favorite. And then the 90s happened. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Closer to the Heart. I just... Yeah. I am so sick of that goddamn song. Mm-hmm. And the chimes. Fuck the chimes. Who, who thought of the chimes? Whose idea was that? I love them. Yeah, they're they're good. But it's overrated. Overrated. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's not... It's not... They're, it's not great. No. No. Uh, my overrated is Free Will. Never really, really got into it. I think it's hmm. uh, thought of as like a, like a top. I, I think it's universally thought of as like a top tenner for them, um, at least in terms of popularity. It certainly is. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I could probably name twenty songs off the top of my head that I think are a lot better than that, uh, including stuff from the '90s. So yeah, I don't. Uh, and the 2000s probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I don't think it's that great. Uh, it's it's fine, but it's not that great. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one to answer. I, I've never been high on it. Like if you if you were to say that's a top ten Rush song, I, I don't think I'd agree. 
So in that way, I don't find it overrated. Yeah. I do like it, though. Put it this way. Like, I don't think it even needed to be a single. That's fair. It's more so what I would say. It's fair. And I hear it on the radio, and I'm like, this doesn't belong on the radio. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not super catchy or anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my underrated is Bastille Day from their second album, <laughs> Carous of Steel. I've uh, heard that one. That album gets shit on a lot. and Some of it's warranted, but a lot of it isn't. It's an album about steel carrots, James. Yeah. <laughs> Steel Carrots. Uh, it's an ugly looking album. The, art, the artwork fucking sucks. Uh, there's nothing to really uh, separate it. But you know what it did do, Brutes? You know what it did do for us? It gave us Neil Peart. That's the first album with, with Neil back there. Sure. And I think we uh, we forget about it. We don't appreciate it enough back there. So, uh, Bastille Day. Okay. That's, uh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I like that album. Lakeside Park. My underrated um, is Far Cry, off of Snakes and Arrows, uh, mostly because you say Far Cry gets the, eh, yeah, Snakes and Arrows sort of reaction, right? I don't know, I, I think that's like maybe the best song they put out after the 80s, honestly. Like, I, I don't know, it, it's up there for me. Uh, it's very catchy, it's radio friendly, it's heavy-ish, but it's easygoing-ish. Yeah. Sort of showcases all the best parts of the band while still being uh, radio friendly. And I think uh, that is one thing with Rush was just, you know, uh, not saying like they're not radio friendly necessarily, but I don't know if they're like very catchy uh, outside of like five or six songs, right? I think Far Cry, uh, it got like radio play for like maybe a month and then everyone's like, yeah, it's not that good. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. For me, but uh, my reaction was more so yeah. like I I just I didn't consider it underrated. Maybe I, I'm the minority. I would put it in their top twenty songs. Oh yeah, yeah, that's I a top okay, ten. I don't, I don't, yeah, really, mm. Far Cry. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <clears throat> All right, well maybe it's not underrated. I think it's uh, underrated. I like how we said we weren't going to do a top ten, and we are slowly just piecing together a top that's ten. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, least favorite. Oof. No, um, you need a favorite, my friend. Oh, do I? Yeah, that I was skipped, my underrated. Skipped right over that one, didn't I? That was my underrated. My favorite Rush song is Spirit of Radio. Yep. It might be my favorite song. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Very good song. Song fucking kicks it's ass. Very good. Yeah. Wow. What a tune. It um put it this way, I had three songs down for my favorite earlier, and I'm like, no, I do that a lot. I gotta pick a favorite. I so I it, it was on there though. Hmm. It's a very good song. You ever heard a prog band, or like a prog rock band with some metal elements, just be like, hey, here's some reggae. Doesn't happen very often. It's pretty and cool. Also, and also, like, here's 10 to 15 songs of one of their other, or seconds of one of their other famous songs. Like, you remember this Tom Sawyer sound and shit? Or just gonna throw out another song. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That song precedes Tom Sawyer, but I know what you're going for. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite is Subdivisions. Ah. Subdivisions. Yeah. Uh, it was on Rock 94. We just did that on a podcast. I think we have to camp. This is it. We're done. Thing. It's over. And yeah, uh, it's we a are run. a couple white dudes talking about Rush on a podcast. Really think about that. Mm. But no, I came on in the store the other day, and instead of singing the chorus, I would just say subdivisions when Neil Bird would say it, and uh, my coworkers thought I was nuts, mm. but. Uh, 
Yeah, I do. I do like that song a lot. It's very good. Subdivisions. Um, I guess, too, I said I had three. I had that, Spirit of Radio, Distant Early Warning was also up there for me. Distant but. Early Warning. That would be an underrated. What we talked about here. Like Come on. song a lot. I do like that song. Wow. Go up to the average person uh, that has heard of Rush. See if they've heard of that song. Distant Early Warning. Yeah, I guarantee you don't get very a lot good. of reactions. It's a very good song. Uh, my least favorite is Vapor Trails from Vapor Trails. The band, I love them. And we talked about Far Cry and how good it is. They probably should have just broke up in the mid-90s there. Uh, there were some personal events that happened for each of those guys. They took six years off between albums. And the one the, that came before it uh, wasn't all that great either. So I'm glad that we got 40 years of Rush, but we only needed 20. <laughs> and... This album is is really not good. You can tell there's some rust. They had been away for too long from the game. And that sucks, but... And so is there a reason for that song? Is it just because it's the title track and maybe most rep, rep, rep it's the representative one, of the... It's the one that jumps out to me that I that I can say that I, you know, I've heard enough times to have a heart. Like, I am probably... like If, if you told me that uh, Sweet Miracle was the worst song that Rush ever wrote, sure. I don't even know if I've heard that fucking song. Okay. You know what I mean? But I've heard Vapor Trails. It shows up from time to time on like a... I'm not going to lie. I don't think I've ever heard Vapor Trails. Okay. Not sure. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. It's on a couple of the compilation albums just as that <laughs> title. Uh, we got to pick something from Vapor Trails. <laughs> just... Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I wouldn't advise. I'm just realizing now I have very poor knowledge of the actual names of Rush albums. Oh. I probably only would have been able to name like seven of them, to be honest with you. Now that I'm actually sitting here looking at it, I'm like, wow. Wow. Well, they had a lot, too. Like, can you tell me anything from their 1984 album? I might have been able to, but like, what's the album called? I don't think I would have actually remembered it's called Grace Under Pressure. I was going to say Grace Under Pressure. I don't think I yeah. would have remembered that. I had that one on vinyl, I believe. I'm not, I'm not too good with like... Like, I know what songs are sort of grouped with what songs when it comes to like a lot of classic rock bands. Mm -hmm. But I'm not great... Like, even Van Halen's one of my favorite bands of all time, and I would struggle to actually remember the names in order for some reason. Back in high I school, why. I used to have it down where I could And a do, lot of their like, albums are just named Van Halen. But. All their albums in order, like, all their, yeah, all eh? their tracks, essentially. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of albums, though. That, uh... It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And, like, it's not even like I consider them necessarily one of my favorite bands, either, which is different, right? Like, if it was... You know, like, Tragically Hip, a lot of albums. I can name them all in order. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Rush, eh. You know. Uh, my least favorite is Closer to the Heart. I don't like it. <laughs> is it the chimes? I don't... Like, it's not a, oh, fuck, turn this off song. You know, like, there are a lot of bands where I like... I think I've said this before when we've done these, uh, these top tens. There are a lot of bands that I like that have a lot of popular, like a lot of popular music, and maybe their biggest song I just find annoying because I've heard it a thousand million times, you know. And uh, it's not really like that with Closer to the Heart. Like I can he I can hear it and it doesn't like annoy me, but uh, it doesn't do anything for me at all, at all. Yeah, I will say this. This may be my like my hottest of Rush takes, is there was a time. I did not like Fly By Night. And I have come around. I like mm. Fly By Night. Fly By Night's a good song. It's a fun song. Yeah, it is. It's a nice, quick, little... Yeah. Know. Get in, get out. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. 
Yeah, the boys are still young and chipper. Second Rush album. Yeah, yeah. still young and chipper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was probably the, uh, the the tour with Kiss was Fly By Night. <laughs> well, they, they weren't flying by night, I'll tell you that. Mm, sure weren't. Okay. Cool. Well, that was our uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite Rush songs. Nice. Pretty good. Pretty you, good. You pick next week. I do. You gonna pick something good or what? No. Yeah. No. Over, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite uh, Rush Oof. songs of the seventies. Just Oof. best of the best. Ooful uh, All Star Game moments. We just sit here in silence, being like, uh, I don't know, um, when McKinnon did the thing or something. That time Owen Nolan called his shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember when Danny Heatley won the MVP? That was cool, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Mm. You know, we'll just reminisce. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, God. Peter Buzek, though, that would be maybe my favorite all-star moment ever, is the fact that he just, just got The fact made. that he made. Yeah. That's awesome. There was, that was my really favorite player era. to ever make. Like, some kids, kids these days, they'll say John Scott is their favorite player to ever make the all-star game or something. No. I remember a time when, unironically, Peter Buzek got named the all-star game. Isn't there a year that, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Igor Yechvedemigovich from Atlanta made it? And the guy had played like two NHL games, but he was the only other European defenseman that well, was no, on Atlanta. I think you're thinking of Buzek. No, it was a different year. I remember the Buzek year. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It was It was literally like he was replacing um, Nicholas Havlid was supposed to be the, the guy that went. All right. Honestly, I don't even know who this player is you're trying to name because yeah. there's no way you said a real name there. Yeah, I got his hockey card. And it's like he, the guy ended up playing like three career ho- right. hockey games ever. And it was just the fact that he was an all-star and had played like two games that season. It well, was just insane. Like as if I don't have enough little projects for you to do before the episode next week to add that to your list. Figure out who this guy is. Try to tell me uh, what happened in his all-star game next week. Fair we'll enough. Talk about it then. All right. Okay. We'll see you then. We're good. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
I'm chasing shadows, driving myself crazy with pipe dreams. If only we could see each other, promise I would never leave again. 